Welcome to Whiskey with Witcher. I'm Tim. And I'm Valerie. And this is a podcast where we drink whiskey and talk about the Netflix TV series, The Witcher. Spoiler alert! While each episode of our podcast directly correlates with an episode of the show, we will be discussing the series as a whole. And we'll be mentioning things from the games, books, and other pieces of Witcher IP. Although we'll do our best not to spoil any major potential plot points. You have been warned! So Tim, it's time for the most important question of the podcast. What are we drinking? Well, Valerie, as we're about to get into, a lot happens in this episode. Geralt meets Istrid, Ciri has a freaky-ass vision, Kahir is reunited with Fringilla, and we learn a lot about the conjunction of the spheres. The conjunction of the spheres! But despite all of that, what this episode is best known for is an opening confrontation between Yennefer and a sinister new mage named Rience that leaves a fire-wielding magic user with a face that looks like newly grilled beef brisket. Ew! I mean, it does. And so, we're getting not smooth... (laughs) Not sharp, but smoky this week. Stark Spirit's peated single malt whiskey is another local creation crafted at the Stark Distillery in beautiful Pasadena, California, which for people who don't know is about 20 miles east of L.A., Peated whiskeys, of course, stand out from other whiskeys due to their smoky, often spicy flavor, which made this particular Stark whiskey seem perfect for this episode. So, in tribute to Yennefer and her ability to kick ass even without the use of magic, let's lift a glass and savor some sweet sips of smoky spirit that, like Yen, pack a powerful punch. Nice. Alliteration, Tim. I'm here for it. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Pretty different from anything else we've had so far Definitely. on this podcast, in which we will we'll talk about that a lot later. But right now, I don't want to I don't want to procrastinate because it's not my turn to do the summary on the spot. That falls on you. It is my turn. It is my turn. I'm and a gonna, lot happens in this episode. A lot happens, yeah. and uh, as we've said before, I'm going to probably mess up Rience's name a million times because yeah. it's pronounced like so many different ways depending yeah. on. The source material you're referencing, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Here we go. Rience <laughs> kidnaps Yaskir with the intention of torturing him for information about Geralt and Ciri's whereabouts, but is felled by a badass Yennefer who rescues Yaskir. They banter. It's adorable. And I totally ship them. Thanks for that season two. Yes. After separating from Yaskir and being kidnapped by some guards, Yennefer finally gives in to Volthmare. I think I'm maybe saying that right now. <laughs> and magic fade outs her way from the scene. Speaking of season two team-ups that I also happen to ship, uh, Geralt and Istred go monolith hunting. They banter and are both nerdy and hot. <laughs> and also, we find out that the monoliths are acting as monster conduits and that the spears might not be as conjoined as we once thought. Using Ciri's blood, Vesemir and Triss are able to recreate more mutagen, and Ciri wants to be the first new witcher. Ciri and Triss go on a magical mind meld where we learn more about her ancestry and see a flashback with her parents, and the show is simply reminding us of what her father looks like for absolutely no reason at all. Things go awry, Triss freaks out, Ciri freaks out, Vesemir freaks out, and Geralt freaks out. And that's pretty much the episode, Tim. My God, I'm glad you had to do this um, this week's summary because I'm just trying to think how I would have muddled my way through all of that. Um, well, I definitely muddled my way through some pronunciation. So I'm giving myself a drink as a reward. Oh, I'm giving myself a drink just in thinking about what it would have been like <laughs> for me to try to do that. I mean, this episode, a lot happens. In, um, but first of all, before we get into that, the episode's called Turn Your Back. Turn Your Back to which the is, Forest, Hut Hut. Yeah, it's a reference to the little 
is that a spell or a chant spell, or poem? Yeah, rhyme. whatever it is uh, to summon summoning um, ritual. Yeah, to summon the the deathless mother, and um, it's directed by Edward Bazalgette, I believe is. I'm I'm probably mispronouncing his name. Sorry, Edward. It is our way. Yeah, and it's written by Haley Hall. What is it? The fifth episode of, yes. the, mm-hmm. of the season? Are we at so now? over halfway yeah. through? Over halfway through. Yeah, we're in the second half. Oh my god! I know, closing in. <laughs> I know, I know. The end of the end of the episodes are in sight. But anyhow, how do we want to tackle this episode? There's so many different little vignettes with all of the characters. So we've mm-hmm. got like we open on Rience, and there's some stuff with him. We've got Istrit and Geralt. There's Yennefer and Yaskier, Siri right. and Vesemir and Triss. Let's just start with. Let's, we got to start with the opening because it's with what Rience. everyone yeah, yeah thinks about with this episode. It's so badass. Yeah. Even that creepy ass cell, well, Dimeridium, just snapping and snapping yeah. and snapping. Yeah. I mean, I guess the first obvious question to you is what do you think of Rience? I believe when I first watched this episode, I had texted you with, oh no, he's hot. And you had texted me back with, I assume not for long, having both read the books. So. Yeah. Now, um, Rience is played by Chris Fulton, is the actor's name. Then you see him. And he's in the cell. Mm-hmm. She, you know, like you said, it's a great moody sort of scene, him snapping his fingers. Yeah. That's an interesting little um, quirk that they gave the on-screen version. Yeah, there's, yeah. You know, there's, there's no basis for that in the books. And um, and yeah. like, But uh, it's kind of the game. I mean, that's what Geralt does in the games when he's casting. He kind of like snaps. And, yeah. Yeah. No, no, there is, there is um, sort of, um, I guess, precedent for that. But I... Um, I think he's, he's, Rience is an interesting character. I mean, he's one that, you know, if you've read the books, you knew he was coming. It was one when we were talking about like, like castings for Mm -hmm. season two, it was, this was someone who we definitely took notice. We're like, okay, so we're getting Rience. You know, you really were hoping you'd see this whole confrontation between Mm -hmm. him and Yennefer and Yaskier, this whole scene, which, you know, after his introduction, um, really it sort of set, sets up and, um, and, you know, basically it builds off of the end of the last episode where we saw um, Yasker had been abducted. We didn't know by who. We didn't know where he was. Yennefer had discovered it. And um, and now you kind of get a little bit of a of a flashback, you know, with yeah. him performing. Yeah, and by the way, if you watch the performance in the episode before this one, he's in there. Like, background Rienz does exist. Okay. See, I didn't go back and rewatch that. So that's- Yeah, that's, he's around. That's cool to, to catch. Now, there's a little- bit of um detail sort of kind of just um texture in this scene i love this saucy waitress who's telling the, oh, yeah, the, story, the story yeah how she envies this this childhood friend with no ears and she's know? talking to the guy remember in our previous episode we were talking about like this guy and is he a bouncer or the owner mm. or whatever that's the same dude oh is so he the guy that was at the table yeah like the okay. old guy <laughs> i just like that little bit of sort of color yeah. that i mean <laughs> you never see this character again I, you don't know her name but it's just a little color that they didn't need to add but i'm, I'm kind of glad that they did um, and it's another reason why I feel Yaskier actually owns the place because she's like, oh, this shit again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, possibly. Um, they never they never really clarified in this episode. They don't yeah, either. Yeah, it's the Rosemary in time or not. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we get that. And then we, you know, we we get this scene, which is, you know, kind of like a, 
a torture scene between yeah. you know Rience and it's intense. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely um, pretty intense. Yaskier looks really, you know, he look he's looking pretty hard, you yeah, know, yeah, like he's looking it, pretty beat up. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what. Um, I do appreciate Rience's flair for drama, though. How he's like hiding in the corner and he just snaps his fingers yeah. and there's a flame. And then it's because I imagine like we can see it because of TV lighting, but I assume Yaskier's like completely in the dark and then suddenly this like yeah. flame shows up and yeah, pretty badass. Rience is, is interesting. He's, he's a character who I believe Lauren Smith Hitzrich has described as pure evil. Like mm. he's one of the few characters from the storyline that like we always talk about how nuanced and, right, and layered right. and all these shades of gray. There's not a lot of that with Rience. He's pretty much, you know. Well, he does have a line about fire magic and how it can consume your soul. Yeah. So perhaps he soulless him. Yeah. Yeah. Quite possibly. But you do think he's good looking, at least at oh, this yeah. point. You know? Oh, yeah. You get a shirtless scene of oh, him. Yeah. Pretty... I enjoyed that shirtless scene very much. <laughs> Thank you, Witcher Gods. Much appreciated. Yeah. 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 I, I realized it was kind of one of the more blatant ones. Like in season one, you had the, the what's his name? The... Um, the changeling, I'm, I'm basically on the Doppler. The, yeah, Doppler. the Doppler. Yeah, when he was really naked, good. Yeah. yeah, naked. Not complaining about him either. Yeah. Um, and then this season, you get shirtless Ryan Strand. Rience, sorry. I'm going to call him Rience every now and then, and I should probably drink. It's it's because that's how they pronounce him, his name in the audiobooks. Yeah. But I do think it's it's probably Rience. It looks like it. Like They definitely have said Rience in interviews on the Witcher creative side of things. So, yeah. I mean, that's at least how Netflix is No, that's how Netflix. And I think that yeah. feels more realistic to me because looking at how the word is spelled or the name is spelled, it yeah. just I mean, like I pronounced it, was... it Rience in my head, so I'm nowhere close. Well, I'm taking a drink for my, my Rience, but, yeah, but I, trust but me, it won't be last time. Creepy and delightful. And he's like, just takes such joy in his work, Tim. Yeah. Now I will say, you know, ultimately like it, it kind of, this torture scene builds to him lighting his like hand on fire and yes. he's going to, he's going to burn Yaskier's hand. And I get, you know, I get going after his hand since Yaskier is a musician. He needs his hands to play his lute. Isn't it the wrong hand though? It, it's I his think right it, hand. Yeah. Isn't it his left? Wouldn't you play? The I left, mean, you need left, both hands, yeah. but like the left hand is far more important than the. Yeah, and I would also go so far as to say it's also not. I mean, look, this is this is. I don't want this to sound morbid. I'm trying to be kind of goofy about it, but it's like it doesn't seem like the best way to torture someone when you have that power. Like, yeah. you know, like I was looking at it, and it's like he's holding, you know, Yaskier by the wrist, and it's a flame that's the size of like maybe a little bigger than a oh, candle flame, yeah, or like a and it's like you could just yeah. move his your fingers out of the way from that. <laughs> you know, like there's got to be like if you're going after his fingers, maybe fire is not the best method to use, um, or if you want to use fire, maybe. You know, maybe it shouldn't be going after his head. I don't know. It just didn't look like, like, like Gasker is freaking out. And I'm not saying like, you know, burning your hand wouldn't be painful, but it feels like there was ways, you know, to kind of, you know, avoid it, you know, um, the way that he was trying to do it. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I didn't feel like it was that effective. Um, and I think if Jennifer hadn't shown up when she does, um, I think Rience would have discovered that. Like, okay, wait, wait a minute. My technique here needs a little work. Hang on. Sorry. Um, but Yennefer shows up. Uh, yeah, speaking of painful burns. <laughs> yeah, hey. yeah. Now, I, I love this scene. I love this scene so yeah. much. This is my favorite scene, I think, in series two. It's just like so awesome. Okay. With the, and I don't know how – do we want to get into it now because it is different from the book – but just how they changed it, yeah. it's so much – I mean, it was badass in the book, mm -hmm. but the, because she doesn't have magic now and she uses just like her wits and her cunning, it's yeah. like so awesome. It's yeah. so badass. Well, it's badass, but also 
like kind of fun. Like I love her, her, you know, I mean, she's not really drunk, but like kind right, of drunk right. Yen showing up, you know, and, and, and immediately they, they kind of both, they both like sort of, um, um, pick up what they're, they're throwing down. down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, this is my wife. She has nothing to do with it. Yeah. And, you know, and, um, and it just, it, it, it played so well. Jennifer and Yasky are two characters that are very similar. Uh-huh. They're both very clever. They're very intelligent. They're survivors. They fight for what they want. And I, I like seeing them together in this way and getting to see them play off of each other. I do too. I do too. Um, and it it's interesting because it's like, I don't think we realized what we were missing in season right. one. Um, but the two of them together... I guess I'm jumping a little bit ahead, but I mean, we'll stick with, we'll get back to the, the Rians thing, but I do, I agree with you. You said it in your, yeah. your opening. Um, You're like, oh, is, they, they kind of work. Yeah. Like <laughs> this is a fun dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think, you know, I, I would say I definitely ship Yen and, and Yaskir, Yaskir a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And I never would have thought I would. Yeah, like in season one, the shipping things that I liked were the kind of the opposites attract vibe, where whether it was Geralt and Yennefer, where Geralt's more passive and Yennefer's more aggressive, or Yaskir and Geralt, where Geralt's kind of like the grumpy storm cloud and Yaskir's like the sunshine fun one. There's something also to be said for the dynamic with Yaskir and Yennefer being so similar and snarky and fun. It's just fun. Yeah. It's fun in a way that it wasn't fun in season one with shipping. And I think, at least for me, and this is totally getting into kind of what what works for me when it comes to shipping mm-hmm. is um is I like the fact that they were so at odds prior to this. Oh Tim, you know. there's a trope for that. I know. What's it called again? I it's know. called enemies to lovers. Enemies to lovers. Yeah. Um yeah. Okay. I knew I I've heard that before. Um or frenemies I, to lovers, I guess. <laughs> I mean whatever it is, yeah. it it totally works for me. I'm a sucker for yeah, that. Yeah. Like um yeah. It, it um and it certainly, I think, qualifies. This qualifies mm-hmm. as that. Um, I mean, well, I guess they're not lovers, so maybe not. But I mean, they could be. They could be. Yeah. Um, but this is a big shit. Like this in season two, a lot of fandom was like, "Oh, hello there. Yeah. This kind of works." <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, part of me is just kind of like you know, screw. You oh, know, I'm a hundred percent Jennifer and and Gerald. Like, yeah, they're all crabby and don't want you know. Like, yeah, come on, have some fun with Yasker. I yeah, feel like right? they'd be. They feel like they'd maybe be good for each other. Um, I don't know. I like it, and um, and I certainly love you know getting back to where we were with Rianne's her way of. Oh my god, uh, yeah, that's what I was talking about earlier. When she's so badass, it makes me so happy. Yeah, it's so like smart and clever, uh-huh. and just because she doesn't have power doesn't mean she's powerless. You know, she's yeah. still like such a badass. Well, this is one where I gotta you know tip my hat to the writing team of yeah. coming up with a way of of basically creating the same sort of um. Um, like effect fireballs that, him in the face, yeah, without yeah, casting a fireball without her having to do that, and so, um, so that I think is really, really great. And, um, you know, you don't really see the results of, um, of I mean, of he's her, his face is smoking, yeah, it doesn't yeah. look good. You see that you're right, it doesn't look good, but I don't think you get a full on shot of like scarred reends yeah. until next episode, but, um, but you're, yeah, you're right, it's smoking and it doesn't look good. That's why we're drinking, you know, smoky whiskey. The tonight. Lords of Hot giveth and the Lords of Hot take it away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, we get we get Yen and we get um Yaskir on the run, you know. Yes. That's kind of cool. Um It's super fun. I I love their whole dynamic. You don't get to play damsel in distress. That's my job. And mm. oh, she's so scary. <laughs> Some great lines. Yeah. I mean, it's um 
it's fun seeing. I mean, first of all, there was one other character we should at least mention. This, um, I guess she's like a sex worker yes, of some buttery sort. biscuits. Yeah, yeah. I don't she's know. She's fun. I like her. Yeah, I don't know. The gift whore in a mouth like mm. line kind of made me roll my eyes. Mm-hmm. Although I do like that uh, a twisted mermaid costs extra. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I don't know what a twisted mermaid is, but I'm like, of course it costs, costs extra. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, you know, she's the one who kind of you know um, helps. Yen figure out where Yasker is. She's introduced. She comes into play a, a, a bit later. Um, but um, but yeah, the rest of their story is they're kind of on the like you on know the run, on the and run. Then they get separated. Yeah, yeah. And he finds her again, but at this point, she has given in to the deathless mother. Yeah. Well, I, just to say, star I, wipes her way out of there. Yeah, I, yeah. But I gotta say, I like um. For that point, I like the the jaunty little yeah. song that randomly plays when they're running away. <laughs> running away. I don't know, run like away, run I, away. I think, but I think what it does is it just adds to kind of the the delightfulness of the yeah. two of them together. Even though they're uh, they're kind of in peril, it's not right. like you know really as as silly and light and goofy as maybe the song would make it seem. It just makes it seem like these two are fun together. Like this is a fun yeah, it's pairing. A fun it's a fun dynamic. Yeah. And um and so I think it's a it's a good choice on the soundtrack side. Um and just kind of, you know, keeps keeps the pace upbeat. Right. Um for when yeah, when she when she runs and she's basically betrayed by the yeah. the the woman who, you know, Right, who helped her earlier, and you know, says something like, "Well, the girl's got to eat," or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, anyhow, so she's turned over to the Nilfgaardian. Um, I think they're the Nilfgaardian guards, or are they? Or are they? I don't even Maybe know. They might just be rando guards. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. but then, like you said, makes her little. Because she's on the run anyway. So I, I mean, I don't know if they know that she's the mage in the pamphlets, but yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, but makes her little chant, her little, you know, yeah, turn your. Back to back. the forest. Yeah. Hut, hut, yeah. Turn your front to me, hut, hut. Yeah. Um, you know, I do have one other thing that I want to backtrack on real okay. quick, as okay. I am the keeper of the timeline. Okay. So when Yaskir is being tortured, he says, I've not seen Geralt in months. The last time he saw Geralt that we know of was 1262. It's now 1264. That's a lot of months. Yeah. It's a nitpick, but, you know, <laughs> what am I here for if not to nitpick? Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you think, um, I mean, what... Like, do you understand why Yen would now finally give in to the Deathless Mother and and um, and recite the chant and go? Yeah, I mean, I think she's kind of got her back up against the wall. She's been kidnapped. They're going to execute her. They make a comment about that. She's tried numerous times. Like, we also didn't talk about um, that scene with the little elven girl who, like, gets separated from her mother. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Yen's trying to, like, save yeah. her and can't because mm-hmm. she doesn't have power. So yeah. I think it's just a lot of stuff that's compounded and compounded and compounded. And finally, she's like, okay, I don't really have much more of a choice here. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting how much um, – I the first time I watched this season um, – I didn't really pick up on it, but now like how much she tries to resist doing that, you know, like she really does, I think, give it her best shot to not, you know, go back and see this woman. Well, I think Yennefer also just a character trait, like she doesn't want to be beholden to anybody else. She doesn't want to be in anyone else's pocket. Like she just wants to exist for her and, you know, she doesn't want to owe this lady anything. Yeah, no, for sure. Much less a creepy witch in woods in a house <laughs> on chicken legs, you know? It no. doesn't seem like somebody you, you want just, to be in the dead of. Yeah, you just know that's not going to end well. well. It's not going to end well. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, what, what, which of these many subplots <laughs> should subplots. we move to next? Subplots. <sighs> um, let's see. Should we subplot. talk about Geralt and Istrid? 
my other OTP? <laughs> um, I did not think I would like this pairing as much as I did. I mean, it's just, it's, it's so much fun. Um, Tell me more about how much you like this pairing. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm not going to... Not going to be opposed to all the, you know, Istrid girl shipping that might be happening out there. Does do they have a ship? There's name? no, there's not that much, sadly. There isn't. That, no, su- that surprises a little, me, but not much. Yeah, that really surprises me. I would think this, considering how many interesting pairings we're getting this yeah. season, um, and considering you know, um, it's usually women who mm-hmm. are behind the whole shipping and fanfics and you know all that. Like, I'm surprised this is not a bigger thing that you know that there aren't more there, people there are some people but yeah i haven't encountered too much of it yet huh give um, it time tim give it time I'm, I'm trying to think of what the 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 ship name would be oh, though and be it's like, not geared yeah yeah it's awful i can't yeah maybe that's why it doesn't yeah. exist people are like i don't want someone to come up with a name for this <laughs> ship because it's going to be awful it sounds like a sneeze yeah oh god um but getting back to the episode <laughs> getting back to the episode yeah um so so he goes to Istrid because he's a monolith expert mm-hmm. and he learned about the monoliths um you know that that the monolith that Siri destroyed in the prior episode. So that's why he's in Sintra, that's why he's there. I do love the you know oh, I don't get the joke but you know is it Tel- Teltris, you know good no, one yeah, or yeah, yeah. um and then he throws the monster head, <laughs> the down. Monster head down. Yeah, I thought that was kind of fun. Um and Geralt's expression is funny too. We're just like, okay, yeah. you want to play? Here you go. And then yeah. tosses that thing on the floor. And it's still on the floor at the end when it comes back. <laughs> just been sitting there the entire time, just leaving blood into the floor. <laughs> um, now, this is kind of a char a charged relationship because these are both men who have been involved with Yennefer, mm-hmm. both men who arguably are in love with Yennefer. Yeah, I really um, love that little bit of posturing where he's like, you know, Yenna, and then Geralt goes, Yen. Yeah, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, it's true to what's existed in the show, but it's also a nod to the books. Yeah. They do each have their own sort of unique um, nickname. You know, nickname for her. Yeah. I mean, it could have been a lot. I, you know what? I guess what I would say here is, Credit to the writing team for not not leaning into the drama. Yeah, like making the, them antagonists. Yeah, yeah. Like this could have been a really sort of petty male like, posturing. Yeah, yeah, you know, like yeah, exactly. Um, could have been a lot of that going on in this in this episode in these scenes, and there really isn't. Um, like. I got it really feels more like the lack of trust is because Geralt doesn't necessarily trust mages. Yeah. And I think um I don't know that that Istrid has any reason to trust him or trust Witchers. Well, Istrid's probably like, what's this jock think he knows about monoliths? You know? Yeah. And then Geralt's like, I have read books before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it seemed more like the Yennefer relationship doesn't even factor into kind of maybe the, right. the sort of lack of trust that they have at first. And um and and they it never really becomes that much of an Which issue. Which I like. Yeah. And I like also that this is how Geralt finds out that she's not dead. Yeah, exactly. That's the key thing. He didn't find out from Triss, yeah. you know. I thought that was kind of cool. His res- his reaction was wonderfully understated, mm-hmm. you know. One context a little off on the left, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? Is that One something? One context is a little funky. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like in what way? It's does just not all, quite aligned, does, right? Does, does yeah. he all like lazy eye it? Yeah. Like, really? Really? (laughs) How did you even notice this? I watched it several times with my computer two inches from my face. (laughs) 
<laughs> See, this, this is, is the like difference when I watch these for review. This is the difference between you and I. I'm like like watching because I watch with the subtitles and writing yeah. down notes and watching. You're like looking into his eyes. I'm and looking like, for details. <laughs> I'm looking for costuming details. You know, I'm you're getting for lost in those yellow details. eyes, and you know. Context so much. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So his eye is all funky. That's something I didn't know. Um, any other? Sometimes it detail? is a little funky. Yeah. yeah. Any other interesting details? Uh, interesting details. Well, I enjoy their banter. Mm. I enjoy, I worry about you mages more and more. Perhaps humans just shouldn't live for so long, which yeah. is a fun line. I was huh. speaking of little details. He pets the horse. Did you see that? Yeah. 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 They like knock the soldiers off the horses and then go on their merry way. And he yeah. stops to like pet the horse before well, part, continuing on. Part of me was wondering if they're going to take those horses, but they did. would have made sense. I guess if you're going into a cavern or something, maybe not, but. Yeah, yeah. And I not. do like that the guards were all, you two, back on the road. And they are, if you look in the shot, they are totally on the road. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I assume they meant a different road, but yeah. I'm looking at it going, they they are, my dude. They're on, there's a road, right? You're on the road. Yeah. So what do you think of the fact that Istrid admits he still loves Yennefer. Like, you know, he never really came clean about that. Like, you got the sense yeah. he cared about her, but... I uh, like it. I like it, especially because he had the chance to get back with her in season one, and he didn't. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you those feelings go away. You just know it's not a good situation to be in. Like, you can still love somebody and know that it's toxic or it's not the best, you know, match for you. Yeah. And I like that he owns it, and he admits his feelings, and he's just like, yeah, I never stopped loving her. Yeah, that's interesting. Those are relationships or, or th- that's like a love that I, I feel like gets explored a lot in fiction and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, more things where you can be more internal, but not as often in TV and film where someone it's maybe not the right relationship, but right. he still loves. Yeah, he's or, always going to love her. Yeah. You know, that creates a really interesting dynamic. And, you and do I mean, want- they're long lived, too. Yeah. You know, they're like both. I don't remember. I don't have my timeline in front of me, but they're both like at least in their 80s, if not older. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I find, I find that really amazing, but then, you know, this also, the story also really drives the plot too, in that we find out, um, some, some facts about the conjunction of the spheres. The conjunction of the spheres. <laughs> you need to add some, yeah, some <laughs> add reverb some, on that. Yeah, reverb on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little confused though about it. Like it doesn't, it's, it's explained to us, but it doesn't really, it feels a little... I don't know, a little just kind of wonky to me. Yeah. Like like the the spheres they they didn't weren't destroyed, they're still out there, but these these monoliths are like calling gateways, to them, gateways yeah. which, you know, brought them together and now they're used as sort of gateways from these monsters from these worlds to go through. I mean, I guess it works. It's just and series like the only one in all of existence that can yeah. Use them. Yeah. I mean, it works, I suppose, but it's just, it's, it's a little just clunky in my yeah. mind. Um, and, you know, I think at one point, I don't know if Istrid says this or someone says like, you know, um, I'm, I'm totally grossly paraphrasing here, but something along the lines of like, they're, they're solid rock. Like how could monsters come from them or something? Yeah. Which, which is not a I mean, that's still a valid argument. Yeah, like, how are point. these gateways, you know? <laughs> so that's that's largely the end of, um, I guess that's not the end of Geralt's story. But I think to to get to the end of his story, yes. we should move on to Siri and what happens with her. Yeah. So Siri, we find out her blood mm-hmm. is like the missing ingredient in creating Witcher mutagen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is something they're not able to 
they don't have access to now. They're not able to create new witchers. So this is a big deal. Um, Vesemir mm -hmm. is very much wanting um, to to draw some blood, create the mutagen. He talks to Triss about it. She's pretty much saying it's up to Siri. Yeah, yeah. Um, it has to be her choice. And um, and of course, Siri is, is all for it. Yeah. But she wants to be the first one. <laughs> she wants to be the first witcher. Yeah. Now, what do we think of of that? Like to me, it's understandable, but does she know everything that's involved? I feel with like it? she does. I feel like I totally understand where Siri's coming from in this. Uh, Vesemir, not so much. And yeah. we'll get into that in a bit. But yeah, I well, totally get And then Siri even explains it later where she just wants to like be this like emotionless warrior, not realizing that that's not what it is to be a witcher. But yeah, I can only I totally understand where she's coming from, her point of view. Why she wants it. She mm -hmm. wants to get revenge. She wants to kill all of her feelings well, and separate herself from her past. I, I feel like she's, it's everything you're saying, 100% true. And she's also trying just to find herself. I yes. mean, she's, mm -hmm. she's, uh, you know, uh, uh, a early teenage um, girl mm -hmm. and you know like yeah at that point in your life you're figuring out who you are trying to find yourself and I think she says something to that extent like near the end of the episode like that that um and I don't know the exact line I should have written it down but I think it's something that kind of suggests that so she's she's feeling everything you're you're feeling but she's also you know looking for who she is yeah Speaking of finding herself, so we get this little internal journey with mm -hmm. Triss and Siri during the doing the Dol Duza. Yeah, yeah. The Valley of the Soul. <laughs> um, yeah, this whole sequence I've mentioned to you before, either on this podcast you have, or off mic. But you're I can't not one for uh... yeah these sort of like you know um, internal surreal sequences. Um, this one isn't too bad. It's um, it's pretty straightforward. We get to see a lot of, you know, faces from the past, sort of. For no reason whatsoever. Yeah. We have no reason to remind you of what Siri's father looks like. Yeah. But before that, like, a um, couple things. One that I that really struck me this most recent time I watched it was Siri's reaction to Kahir in mm -hmm. um, her vision is powerful. Yeah, she's um, freaked out. Yeah. Like, and so clearly there's a lot of damage there. Yeah. Like, she is still very much, you know, that's still very raw. She's still very much, you know, um, dealing with that and all her training and time with Geralt and, you know, um, determination to become a witcher has not changed it. This guy terrifies her. Yeah. And that really struck me. I didn't, I don't think I picked up on that. Um, the first time I watched this, but watched it, but the, you know, watching it to prepare for a recording, that one really struck me. Um, you get this weird, um, moment with Calanthe where you don't really see her face. Yeah, because we didn't have the actress for but, that but, episode. But she's credited in the credits. Oh, is she? She is. Well, it's yeah. her voice. You hear her voice. Okay, I guess over. that's. Yeah. I guess that is what but it no, is. No, it's so. definitely a body double. I mean, like, it seemed like her. it had to be, but um, yeah. But you know, like, yeah, she is credited in the end. But yeah, okay, if it's just her voice and they have to credit her for that, then I guess that makes sense. Because yeah, I, I don't know. It's very, very sort of distracting. But luckily, it's just one scene um you get the knuckle bones again yeah you, know. you find out that the blue cloak comes from ice that calanthe got it from ice yeah so, yeah uh, that's a good point um and then we get that little flashback with her parents yeah yeah and something's um, amiss and it's the night before they died where they jumped on that ship for mysterious reasons that we don't know about yet now i'm assuming this is the same actor who played dooney mm -hmm. in season one yes. okay because i i 
I have to admit, I don't remember what he looked like. That's why we they're only, showing you multiple times yeah, this season. Yeah. We only see um we only see him as a human at the very end. Yeah. And you know, it's only that's the only episode he's in. So also hot. A lot of hot people in the show, Tim. Yeah, yeah. It's an attractive cast, like I gotta say, on both sides. Mm -hmm. But um but yeah, so we get a little moment with them. Things start getting a little weird. Um, then for some reason, um, Siri goes down some random hall with rats in it. I don't quite get what that's about. <laughs> and But we do get a, a callback to that weird ass season one episode where it's all, um, what is it? Like, it's a tree. What are, yeah, what are you, child? Yeah. Um, yeah, we get a little callback to that. And then, and then um, a, a moment where I'm, is that Laura Doran mm -hmm. that we're yep. seeing? Okay. Yep. Um, the story. She even says Siri has line about, oh, it's Nivellin's story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we 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 get her. Um, Triss heals her, which is sort nice. Sort of. Tries to. Tries and right then Laura yeah. goes all exorcist on well, Triss. Well, okay. So she gives the whole speech. And I have it written down. So I'm going to oh, say it. Recite it, Tim. I'm going to say it. Child of elder blood. Child of wrath. The time of contempt is nigh. The world will die amidst frost and be... Reborn of the new sun, reborn of elder blood of the seed that has been sown, a seed that will not sprout, but will burst into flame. Ooh. So um, that's I don't know if that's exactly the, the, the thing that's said in the books. I did not go back and look that up, but we've heard, you know, we've heard references to this. I know it's an, an a nod a little bit to Ithilene's um, mm -hmm. prophecy. And so, um, so we get, yeah, we get that in this freaky sort of voice. And then we get our first look at the wild hunt, which is I pretty just, badass. I want you to appreciate how reserved I was not hype manning the time of contempt. Like <laughs> I, know, I always I do while you were reading. <laughs> I appreciate that. I felt that. like it might throw you off your game. So I, I, I kept it inside. Yeah, Valerie, you got to read the third book if for no other it's reason you can get off list. the time of contempt. It's on my list. Like when you get to the next book, you won't be so stuck the on the time, time of contempt. I just said 57,000 times. <laughs> but, um, um, I mean, fucking wild hunt. Yeah, yeah you're going I'm off on that. There. I'm, I'm like, come there. on, I'm the wild there. hunt. Yes, the wild hunt. Very <laughs> so cool. freaking metal. Um, they are. They're very metal. I wanted. Like, they're the definition. They're like war. I wanted. Much. Yeah, I wanted Led Zeppelin to be playing <laughs> yeah. while they're like riding down. Um, I remember even when we watched this with our friends. I yeah. think one of them was like, "Yeah, yeah that's cool." <laughs> um, yeah. So, I would totally cosplay the wild hunt if anybody ever wants oh to make God. me armor. I have no skills myself, so alas, but they're so creepy. Yeah, like that I would, would be. Totally wear that that would be pretty badass seeing yeah. like a group cosplaying the wild hunt that would like, be awesome i don't know yeah i mean you'd have to go to like like a witcher con or something yeah. i don't think you're gonna see that at comic-con but like um yeah i mean if people could put that together that would be pretty hardcore um but yeah so we we get our first glimpse of them and then they're pulled out of this this dull douche and Triss freaks the fuck out. Oh, she does. <laughs> she, she repeats that line about the seed. Yeah. And so I guess like my question to you is what do you think of her reaction to this vision? I think like fucking hell, Triss. Like this girl already has all sorts of issues yeah. about like who she is and where she comes from and her power and everything. And then yeah. what does she say? Like to see the person, the flames, it's you. Yeah. Like no wonder like, Siri like doesn't want to feel emotion and wants to be a witcher and yeah. everything. Yeah. She's no, like I'm, terrified. 
side. Well, it directly leads to her going and saying, you know, do it now, basically, to yeah. to, to Vesemir. But but before we get to that. Like, bad um, fucking form, Triss. Yeah, well. Like, I get that it was creepy. And, like, the whole time, too, you know something's off. And Triss keeps saying, like, during the thing, like, oh, yeah. it's not supposed to go this way. Like, they're not supposed to be able to see us. Yeah. But. But it, it completely changes like, Triss. All right. So here's my thought. That, that That's. You know, I don't like I I don't disagree with that. Um, big part of me agrees actually 100 percent with that. I am very much of like mixed emotions, mixed feelings yeah. for this, because on one hand, um, it's almost like, you know, um, um, when you asked me a while ago about um, um, Gerald's line when Tris was on the the um, the gauntlet and yeah. he's like, you, you know, mean Siri. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Siri. When Siri is on the gauntlet. Oh, <laughs> Sean is pointing at Tim to drink. Yeah. OK. I will drink. But like when, um, yeah, line to Siri where he's just like so close, you know, it's like I'm of mixed minds because um, because like part of me hates this reaction by yeah. Tris. I hate it because it's like everything you just said. And on top of that, it's like that's not the relationship they traditionally have in this franchise. Like, you know, um, um, Tris is always always supportive yeah. of Siri. Um, you know, she calls her little sister. She thinks of her as, you know, and that's how she thinks of her. Yeah. And, and, um, and so part of me hates that, but at the same time I can recognize this Triss is damaged. This yeah. is a damaged character. This is, um, you know, the, the battle of Sodden has left her with some serious scars, both yeah, physical and mental. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and they're manifesting all over the place. And, and I think like, I I put this under under that like she's terrified. The battle wasn't that long ago either. No, like, no. it's only been like a couple months. Yeah. So you 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 take a a a, a woman who's you know kind of in some ways delicate right now, mm-hmm. kind of some ways like a little fragile. She's yeah. traumatized. She's you know she's not recovered, and then you show her something terrifying, and I I kind of. I get it. I yeah. get what they're doing with Tris. It's just it's a different um, take on Tris. Ultimately, it may be the better take, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, like depending on where things end up, and you know, long term. Um, but it's different, and so it's so not what I was expecting. It's so not what I was used to. You know, and as someone who cares about Siri as a character, it's like, it's like, God damn it, Tris. You, you know, she needs people to be there for her. Yeah, and- I totally get where you're coming from, and I completely understand what you're saying. There is a part of me though that's like. You're the fucking adult, Tris. Yeah, yeah. Like this girl's 14. Yeah. Like pull your, you know, I, and, and then but maybe it's not damaged, fair of me. Though. Yeah. It's not fair of me to be like, pull yourself together, Tris. But I'm still just, I don't know. Part of me is like, you're the grown up. She's the kid. Yeah. Like you need to well, be there for well, her. Well, that's the thing. I think if Yennefer had seen this vision or any other magic, or yeah. certainly Geralt or, you know, even any of the other witchers, I think they would have res- res- reacted better than right. Tris. Mm-hmm. It's, this is entirely Tris and kind of the damage done to no, her. No, I think you're making an excellent point you know that's something i didn't think about myself yeah but i um but you know but i get it too because there's a part of me that just wants to see them be like sisters and yeah. you know to get us to get the moments like we discussed um in our prior episode where um you know she has the moment where she teaches her to put on makeup, makeup in the yeah, book yeah. you know and it's like um you kind of want that sort of that sort of close sisterly sort of relationship, a fun relationship, but yeah. we're not getting it. But it's because this Triss is is not quite the same Triss that mm-hmm. has existed. And I think it's a valid it's a valid take on the character. It makes sense considering what happened at Sodden. I think the book hand waves it a bit more. I do too. The book hand waves a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff like relationship building and whatnot that happens off screen. Yeah. Or off page, I guess. Yeah. And so I think I think in this case 
Um, I think the writing team, the creative team here is really trying to um, be responsible when it comes to trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and Trist was traumatized. Yeah. And so so I, I think that's what we're seeing here. Um, but it is a hard scene to watch. You yeah. know, you want... You, and then, and then, of course, and I'm sure you, I know you've seen it. There's that deleted scene where, yes, yeah, so um, she's like in the corner freaking out. Yeah, Geralt and Geralt finds by. her. Yeah, and so she's clearly still, you yeah. know, there's no, oh, I, I, I reacted too harshly. I know yeah. she's still, you know, shook and damaged and you know, um, freaking out. So Siri freaks out because mm-hmm. Tris freaked out, and now mm-hmm. Siri is like, oh my god, I'm a monster because yeah. Tris is reinforcing that belief. Yeah, and she tells Vesemir, yeah, I want to be a Witcher. Let's do this now. Let's talk about Vesemir a little bit because, yeah, there definitely are questions here. I have like a question for you that's kind of actually just a blunt question, but I'm going to ask it, which is, do you think Vesemir truly appreciates and cares about Ciri at this point in the story, or do you think he's just using her? I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. I think he does care about her. But now that he has the possibility of reinstating the Witcher line in front of him, he's got some tunnel vision going on. Yeah. And I think that that's all he can see right now. And the fact that she seems game to do it, he's not, again, it's people not being adults. Like she's a kid. She's making bad decisions because she's a kid. He's an adult. He should be stepping back and being like, hey, let's talk this out. Let's think about it. We don't need to do this right away. We can wait. Let's wait till Geralt comes back. We can discuss it, you know. But he's like, he's just blinded by the possibility of, oh my God, I can recreate the Witchers at long last, that he's like ready to do it and doesn't really think much about the consequences. Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, I mean, I don't know though. I, I think that's all true, but like, I'm even wondering if he just cares about her at all. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I'm probably, this is probably a bad read and maybe I'm, I'm reading too much into it, but like, um, you know, after like I'm thinking ahead and we're not going to get into the season finale, but I'm thinking of his actions in the season finale. Mm-hmm. And now now, you know, backtracking to the episode we're discussing now. Um, and it just makes me wonder a bit if he truly cares about her at all this season. Um, he says he does. There are some great scenes between them that I really enjoyed. And I think like the first time I saw this, I um I watched this season. I assumed he did. But then I'm wondering, am I being informed by his relationship in the book and his relationship in the game? Or is it really all there on the screen? And I'm not sure that it is. Yeah, Um, it is awkward, too, because he has that line in the previous episode where he's talking about Eskold and Geralt. And he says, what would you do if it were your child? You mm-hmm. know, and so like clearly he understands that Geralt has this relationship. And with he Siri, says that he even says yeah. something that he cares about her. Or he says something along the lines of that. He cares about her because she's Geralt's child, yeah. you know? And so it's like, I think he can respect that, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I don't know if he really, you know, cares about her. Um, maybe he does. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm being a little too harsh on him, but certainly some of his actions and decisions, I mean, he does originally say no to her way. Yeah, right away too. He has a flashback, which by the way, how much does it suck to be the actor that plays young Vesemir in the flashback <laughs> and you're in it for all of like a hot second? Yeah. Like we see him very quickly. Oh. Like I had to pause it to be like, is that a younger Vesemir? And it was, mm. but yeah, it we went get, by so fast. We get at least like, one other Theo James line in this episode too, I noticed. Oh, did we? Yeah, it was in one of those moments. In the flashbacks? Yeah, yeah. and it's obviously just a voiceover, but yeah. we, we, we 
we did get it. Like somebody says Geralt, so I yeah, assume I think that was him. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, but the mirror um, of the wandering accent. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, um, yeah. So he does. He will give him that credit. He does originally say no, and he does even ask her, "Are you sure when yeah. he's about to do it?" But he's totally willing to do it. And again, um, like, why can't you just fucking wait? Yeah, like, why do you have to do it right now? Like, why is it's there's no expiration date on the Witcher mutagen? Like, yeah, just wait, give it some time, think about it. Yeah, and I also wonder if he had gone through with it. And Siri died. Yeah. Like, how do you square that with Geralt? Right, yeah. Like, um, I mean, you could say oh, it was her choice. Yeah. But you know, Geralt's not going to fucking kid. accept that. Still you know, grandkid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like, that's that's a pretty big deal. I mean, yeah. he says he sees Geralt as a son. You yeah. know, like I'm not going to do something that would potentially, you know, kill my child's child. Right. You know? Also, like she's a girl uh-huh. and we don't know, like every witcher has been a man or yeah. boy. Yeah. So we have no idea like what a mutagen is going to do to a female body, at least based on what we've seen in the witcher so far. Mm-hmm. So like, why does he think that it's going to succeed with her when like, we've never experimented on girls as far as we know. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I, I come down on, I'm not so sure, but I'm at least putting one foot out there in the camp of saying it's possible. He just doesn't care about her at this point. Um, and he is just using her. Hmm. Um, so I don't know. Um, food for thought. Yeah. Definitely something to to think about. Hey, can we talk about that stupid ass needle? Oh my God. I mean, it looked cool, but it's like, I'm looking at it going, what point does this serve? <laughs> I assume you're trying to inject it into a vein. There's no way a circular needle pattern is going to inject into like all the veins it's, you need. Like, I think it's just supposed to be the most nightmarish needle imaginable. <laughs> but I'm just looking at it going like this doesn't do anything. Yeah. You're just injecting it into your skin. Yeah. Which does nothing. How? I mean, I don't know how mediates work, but I would assume you would need you would want to do it like into a vein. And uh, that needle is not going to do that. I mean, I just think the trial of the grass is supposed to be a nightmare. It's supposed to be yeah. awful. And it's you know, it starts from the needle. On. Yeah, yeah. We get so, some like baby girl flashbacks too very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. But what do you think of um Geralt coming in and like, you know, what he says to, to oh, Siri. Oh, it's great. Geralt's like knocking the dad thing out of the park yeah. where he tells her, you are already enough, Cirilla. You are extraordinary. I love that line. You Although are extraordinary. Although it is interesting though, because she seems to think that witchers are like emotionless and just these killing machines. And it, it had very like 80s, I learned it from watching you, dad, yeah. vibes to me. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like- Oh, but I want to be emotionless like you. And then he has to be like, that's not how I am actually. Or that has nothing to do with being a witcher. That's, you know. Yeah. Like, that's not what it's about. Mm, Yeah, no. So he does have to have a chat with her. But no, I love that he's so supportive and he's, yeah, he's like, you're enough as you are. Yeah. Yeah. And and, I mean, it's exactly what I think she needed to hear. I Mm -hmm. think it's a really... Um, great moment between the two yeah. of them. Um, maybe a little awkward for Vesemir. Yeah, dude. He's standing there like, yeah, he's like, oh, we're leaving, you know. Don't mind me. Yeah. Almost killed your kid. <laughs> so here's here's a quick little question. Like, like you know, I'm kind of curious, like, you know, um, Siri leaves, but, you know, Vesemir didn't think to maybe get a little more blood from yeah, her right? before she does. <laughs> you know, he doesn't know that he's ever going to see her again. You know, how yeah. much, how much. Well, I think he... he's kind of spent his chance at this point. He's uh, on thin ice with Geralt. Maybe. So I think it's probably but, not the know. best time to be like, hey. <laughs> I, 
I don't know. I would have. Also, we still got the mutagen as far, you know, it hasn't yeah, gone but away you want yet. A little, you want a little bit more, you know, I don't know. Like you want to make sure you got your extra in reserve and yeah. you don't know you're ever going to see her again. You yeah. Know? There might be a time limit on the blood before it coagulates. I feel like the, I feel like the blood is the hard thing to get there. They could find Tim, a I am two glasses in and I am very proud of coagulate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll drink to that, my dear. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, so anyhow, um. They bolt. Um, Geralt, they bolt. Geralt and, and Siri, they leave. Um, and um, yeah, like anything else to say about their storyline? Not about them. There's a little bit of Frin Fran being cute. A little cute. bit of Frin Fran. Frin Fran. Well, I never had a partner before. Neither have I. It's not terrible. Oh my God, my shipper heart. Yeah, but I actually want to talk about I mean, I, we could talk about that, but I want to talk about Kahir. Kahir finally makes it back yeah, to Sintra. Yeah. Things are not as he left them. No, not as we, he left them. We see, um, um, is it Dara? Like Dara, uh, yeah, yeah. Dara's there. He's 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 checking in. And we get a little moment of him. We know he's working for Dijkstra. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, and then yeah, Kahir showing up and reunited with Fringilla. Fringilla yeah. Um, now, do you think? Um, she, like, do you think she's happy about nope. this reunion? No. <laughs> I do not. Yeah. I think she's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I think she's hoping just to never see him again. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. No, but she's got a good thing going. Yeah. She's like the savior of the elves. Yeah. She's got a fun partnership. Yeah. Partnership with Fringilla. Yeah. <laughs> or no. Francesca, excuse me. Glasses. Two glasses. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Those names are a little similar. I, I can Yeah, but it. no, I think she was like, had written him off and was perfectly content to never see him again. Yeah. Now, I agree. Um, I, I think I think that's very much the case. I think he's very glad to see her, though. I don't uh, know if he's glad to see her. He's glad to be back. I, I mean, okay, he's glad to be back, but I think he's glad to see, well, I guess maybe there are other people yeah. that could, but like he shows up and it's all elves and yeah. elves are like questioning him. And she's the one who is like, Oh, Kahir, you yeah. know, like, so who knows what would have happened if she hadn't. I mean, he would have made it through eventually, but yeah, yeah maybe he had to wait in the line, which he didn't want to do. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Like he's a good fighter, but if, it, if he was ready to come to, come to blows with yeah. those elves and who knows who would have hmm. come out on top. You know, I don't know. Um, I think she showed up in the nick of time for him. Yeah. Um, and you know, and I, I don't know. I think he, I, I think he thinks highly of Frangilla. So I, I feel like on his side, it's a reunion he's glad for, but I agree with you. I don't think she was at all happy no. about that. So let's talk about this whiskey. Yes, Valerie. please. I've I've learned as we've been doing these whiskey segments, I'm I feel like I'm be- getting better at at sensing things like kind of on the nose, like nosing this. Like, Tim, I've stayed exactly the same. Like in this case, I definitely I can definitely get brown sugar. I can get leather, and I can get clove on the nose, but I'm not as good at like on the palate. That's what I've learned. Like, I just get smoke when I drink this one. <laughs> well, you're still far, far ahead of me. I don't know. Like, I'm looking at Sean because I want to know if he agrees with me because I'm like, yeah, is this? I'm going to have to sit on somebody's lap, so who's it going to be? Sean's <laughs> mic is dead this episode, oh, your right. listeners. Come on over, Sean. Oh, oh, thank you. I'm closer, so, you know. But, yeah, I um, I still have a trash palate. <laughs> I enjoy the smokiness of it very much. Smoke is my word. You are right, Tim. Yeah. Smoke is the S word of the episode. I, but I really like it. Like I, I actually like, really like the smoke. Yeah. I, I oh I really like this 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 whiskey a lot too. Um it's excellent. It, big thumbs up for me. But like I feel like um 
the more I drink of it, the less I'm noticing the, the smoke. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> that does happen. I remember the first couple of sips, I was like, oh, this is really smoky. And yeah. by second glass, guys, it's uh, huh, there's still some smokiness to it, but yeah, a lot less noticeable. But that's that's on me and not the whiskey. Yeah. Well, let's hear what Sean thinks about it. <laughs> well, are you drawing like a diagram here? What is going on? <laughs> 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 I'm like really interested. This better be worth it, Sean. <laughs> All, right. All right. So what we have here now that I prepared is the Trash Palette Whiskey Compass. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is not unlike the political compass, but it is, uh, as you'll be able to see on our uh, Insta chats or whatever the hell it is, <laughs> we have uh, the four S's of uh, Valerie's uh, whiskey tasting vocabulary. Uh, on the horizontal axis, we go from smooth to sharp, and on the vertical <laughs> axis, we go from sweet to smoky. So, Valerie, okay, if you would like to place a dot where on the trash palette whiskey compass this is, <laughs> okay, I guys, I definitely feel that it's smoky. Is it sharp or is it smooth? Decisions, decisions. I'm gonna lean slightly towards sharp, but not too much. Okay. So we're gonna say that it's hmm, right here on the axis. Let the record show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Guys, we'll post this on our on our um, Instagram. <laughs> I think we're gonna have to do this for every uh, every one now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have it straight down the middle, guys. So it's definitely more smoky than it is sweet, for sure. But I would say that it's halfway between smooth and sharp. Yeah. It's got a nice, it's it's smooth, but there's a little tiny bit of a bite to Which it. Which is a new level of nuance for, uh, <laughs> for the, uh, what say you, Valerie? <laughs> Trash palette. <laughs> I mean, I could lie, guys. Here, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, I'm getting hints of, what did you say, shoe leather? I said leather. <laughs> leather? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said brown sugar. I'm getting hints of my lost childhood. <laughs> <laughs> and the sweetness of a first kiss. <laughs> oh. Man, was your first kiss with a smoker? I'm like, what are you uh, no, but it was with somebody who was a brass player, so. I mean, that's. You did work at an ashtray factory. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like wondering how this is your first kiss. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway. Is, yeah, I don't think this is quite what the Stark um, Spirits people signed up for. So let's talk a little bit about- um, We really like it, guys. We yeah. actually honestly do. It's um, it's very, like, I like the smokiness. I like that it's got a little bit of a kick to it. It's yeah. an interesting flavor that's different from some of the stuff we've had previously in the podcast. Yeah. No, it is. Like, all seriousness, this is a, a distinct whiskey and really interesting um, considering, like, where it comes from. Like- Let's just, um, you know, I'll, I'll go into it. As mentioned at the start, Stark Spirits is located in Pasadena. It's a local brand. Yeah. It was the first, and as far as I know, is still the only micro distillery in Pasadena. It's open for tours and tastings if you live in the area or ever come out for a visit, but it's not open to the general public. So the tours need to be prearranged through their website if any of you guys are going to be visiting. Um, but Pasadena is not a place known for... Um, for producing spirits. Like we are not in Kentucky and we are certainly no, definitely not. We are certainly not in Scotland. So uh, a whiskey like this coming out of Pasadena is pretty unique. Um, 
Also, when I say Stark Spirits is a micro distillery, I mean it. The Stark Distillery is less than 1,200 square feet and is located in a small business park that's just down the road from the Rose Bowl. Still, its small size hasn't limited what it's capable of producing. Along with this peated single malt whiskey, Stark Spirits also produces a California single malt whiskey, plus two gins, three rums, an aquavit, an espresso liqueur, and a brandy made entirely from oranges that they call sunshine. And trust us, listeners, you can't get any more Southern California <laughs> than that. This is interesting, though, because our last episode, the other distillery made Aquavit as well. Yeah. So that must be a really popular thing right now. Yeah, yeah, especially in that, you know, that was another um, Southern California mm-hmm. um um, distillery. So yeah, I don't know if it's something like for some reason, California just has a thing for producing aquavits, but, um, but you're right. Um, but this brandy is what, like, I, like, I know we don't drink brandies on this brandies on this podcast and it wouldn't be one that we drink during an episode, but I definitely want to try that just myself because it's, um, it's the only one made, it's made strictly from oranges and it's the only brandy made from oranges out there. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, Southern California, we have oranges all over. Oh my so God, yes. um, now Stark Spirits is owned and operated by a husband and wife team named Greg Stark and Karen Robinson Stark and his family run. Prior to opening the, the distillery, Greg was a passionate home brewer, but since microbreweries are pretty commonplace around LA, they chose to open a micro distillery instead because at the time they were almost non-existent in the area. Stark Spirits was the second micro distillery in the Los Angeles region. So, um, so that's a little bit about Starks. Stark, sorry, Stark Spirits. It's a little bit about them. I'm going to have a little bit of their We've whiskey. We've been enjoying the I, whiskey. Yeah, since so I watched their while name. while Tim is drinking, producer Sean, since you are the professional here, what do you think about the whiskey? Uh, I like it very much. It's uh, it's our first American single malt, as I recall. Yes. And is it our first peated whiskey yes. as well? Oh, for sure. It is definitely our first yeah. peated whiskey. Yeah, yeah for sure. I, so. I quite like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a little the, the, the sweetness is coming from some butterscotch. There's butterscotch. some uh, there's some citrus there. Yeah, uh, a I thought I got sour apple. Really? Mm-hmm. You're not getting you're not getting the cloves and stuff that I was. You know I was what? Getting? The, a little bit of clove too. Okay. Yeah, like I was actually trying to put my finger on that, and you nailed it. Okay. So thank you. Good All job, right. Tim. <laughs> I feel like I I feel I'm like I'm glad I, one of us <laughs> can actually do this. Yeah, I feel like I've 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 impressed my teacher, you know, a little bit. Senpai <laughs> noticed. <laughs> huh. Um, See, so that, that's where the cloves are on the uh, on the smoky to sweet chart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> now I'll I, take your pity. <laughs> I thought I, I thought I put a little bit together about um, peated whiskey as well because this is the first one we've had. And um, for those of you out there who don't know different whiskeys, peat. Um, well, first of all, what is peat? It's an accumulation of partially decayed vegetation which historically has been used for fuel. Now, sexy. Yeah. Yeah, very sexy. Now, peated whiskeys are simply whiskeys in which peat fires are used in the malting process. The smoke that is created is particularly aromatic, and it imbues the malt with compounds known as phenols. I believe I'm pronouncing that right, but I might not be. Phenols, P-H-E-N-O-L-S. These compounds give the whiskey its famous smoky flavor. The length of malt is exposed to the peat smoke, as well as its intensity helps shape its flavor, as do the characteristics of the peat itself. So um, just so there's no confusion for those of you who aren't whiskey enthusiasts, they don't mix peat into the whiskey. That's not what it is. Just used to heat it up. 
because yeah, that would be pretty gross. Um, now, when people think peated whiskey, they typically think scotch, and for good reason. For generations, just about all scotch was crafted using distillery kilns heated with peat simply because it was the most abundant fuel available in Scotland at the time. However, today, peated whiskeys can be found all throughout the world in places as diverse as India, Japan, New Zealand, and now Southern California. Woohoo! Yeah. So, um, so that's what peated whiskeys are it's just it's the smoke used in the malting process well i quite like it i quite like the smokiness of this whiskey and then a bit of a personal connection tim and i have actually been to stark not yeah. necessarily for a tour but we saw a show that was performed at the distillery yeah so that's how it first came on our radar yeah that was interesting um because that was well before that was years ago it was before pandemic before yeah. pandemic times yeah um like that's one thing i don't know i don't know how long stark spirits has been open i know they've been around for at least five or six years like um i i i saw um stuff i saw stuff about them going back to 2016 so i'm gonna imagine maybe they opened a little before that and i feel like that was around when the show was that we saw was maybe mm -hmm. around four or five years ago maybe that's maybe it's a little longer can i also talk about the sexy label yeah. Like, yeah. I really like it. You? <laughs> it's just a cool label. It's, I like, you know, from a graphic design perspective, I like the font. It works for you. Like, that doesn't surprise me because it's kind of simple and you tend yeah, to be. Yeah, I do like more simple design, but yeah, it's just cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, no, I, I we haven't, like you said, we haven't been there for a tour. It was for a show. Um, mm -hmm. The fact that they would let a show take place in their distillery yeah. wins some points in in my book. Um and it's funny because while we didn't get a tour, I feel like we kind of did through that show. They talked about um, um, like kind of the the brewing process, right, or the distilling process, process of distilling, rather. Yeah, yeah. And then I think we got drink. Sean, Sean wants me to drink. <laughs> um, I think we got um, we got some tastings there as well. I feel like we did, and I also feel like we maybe met the owners at the. We time. did meet the owners. Yeah, we they were there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they weren't. They didn't produce the show. They weren't in the show, but they were there, and I think they. They kind of introduced themselves to us and I think maybe gave us shots to sample. <laughs> um, so, um, so yeah, you know, I, I have a lot of, um, yeah, I think, I think Stark Spirits is great. I love that they're in Pasadena. Um, and, um, and while I can't say I really know Greg Stark and Karen Robinson Stark, I think they're awesome. You know, like they, they seem like good people. And well, I'm a big fan of this whiskey yeah. and like real talk guys, I've had a bit of a day. <laughs> And this is a nice way to uh, deal with that day. To wind so, down. Wind down with a stark whiskey. It's yeah. it's quite lovely, actually. Yeah. So, um, so this is, I think, one that um, I don't know if it's available everywhere, but I do know they ship. Um, and it is, it's certainly available in the Southern California area if you're looking to try it out. Yeah, if you're looking for a good peated whiskey. And as far as how peaty this is, uh, just to you know, reference the you know more popular scotches, uh, we're not talking about drinking a campfire like Lagavulin or Laphroaig. Uh, yeah. Think more Jura. And thank you to the Stark Distillery because they gave us this bottle. Yay! Thank you, Stark! Yeah, Yay. yeah. Thank you. We are very much enjoying it. I got to say, I changed my care more on oh, the course of recording this episode. See, this is one, Tim, because you always think we're going to be the same and we never are. And I have to say, this is one where I thought we were going to be the same. Maybe, and I'm, I'm curious to see if maybe we Maybe we would have been and maybe now we're not. Or maybe we weren't going to be and now we are because I changed my mind. I had so a different mysterious. care more on when I got here. I want to hear yours first, though. Vesemir. Okay. All right. All right. You know what? We are. Oh, we are. We're we are. the same. We are, but 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 yeah. Say why? Um, probably well, same reason the, why. What is he doing again? I've said some of it when we were talking about the episode, right? But mm -hmm. like, 
why why do you have to inject her right now? You yeah. couldn't wait to like talk to Geralt and figure out if this is a thing you should be doing. Also, as I said earlier, she's a girl. We don't know what this is going to do. Mutagens don't ever, you know, they haven't tested them on girls. We don't know if they've worked on girls. Why do you think it's suddenly going to work on her? I don't know. This seems very, very fishy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I agree completely. Um, and I just, with me, it's what I said earlier. And I think that's when I changed my mind um, as to who the Care Moron should be. Because I'll tell you, all right, um, originally I was going to say Siri, but that's not my Care Moron. Mm-hmm. She's not my, I, I do think her wanting to become a witcher is foolish, you know. Um, but you get where she's coming from. But I get from. where she's coming from. And and to be honest, I wasn't feeling great about picking her. Like she was going to be my pick, but I'm like, yeah, she's young. She She may not know everything that's like involved with it. And, um, you know, and yeah, she's, um, you know, you get where she's coming from. Whereas he is an adult, but like what I get to, the reason I'm picking him is what I kind of said earlier, which is what if he had done it and what if she had died? Right. You know, like, like that would have just destroyed everything between him and Geralt. Mm -hmm. And like I said, this is, he, he sees his, his, these witchers as his sons. Um, you know, like to me, that's just like putting, you know, like, like going out from that. It's like, okay, if I'm a father who did something to potentially destroy my relationship with my son, that's a big, big, big mistake on my part. Right. right. right? You know? And, and so the fact that he even risked that with Geralt is just why there's like, nothing is worth that. Um, there are other people he could try this out on. He should have just never said yes to Siri, no matter what she was. He's a fucking grown up in his, in the Mm -hmm. room. And the fact that he doesn't see that. And like I said, now it's got me questioning if he even, even cares about her or if he's just using her. I don't know. You know, I don't know the answer to that, but I do know this was a stupid decision. And so, yeah, totally. He's my care. hundred percent agree. Like, why are you not like, why couldn't you even wait? Just wait until Geralt comes back. Talk it all out. Like, figure it out. Why do you need to do it? What's the urgency? There's no reason. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he is mine as well. <laughs> awesome. That's the first time we we've agreed. agreed. Yeah. Well, not the first time this season. First time this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I meant to say that, but I got I got all caught up in the we agreed thing. We agreed. We agreed. Off the path differences in the IP. Yeah. Now, this is interesting because there are two things that we're looking at here um, and and they involve two of the th- different stories because mm-hmm. there's so many stories in this episode. It kind of touches on two different parts of the book. Now, the first one is kind of the obvious one. Um, we talked a bit about it a little bit at the beginning, which is um, the confrontation between Yennefer and Rience. Yes. Um, like that scene is in the book, but there's a big difference. And yeah, you, we discussed it. Um, Yennefer has her magic in mm-hmm. Blood of Elves in the book. Um, and well, in the Blood of Elves book, in the books, um, she has her magic. She is not. No, yeah, we, you were concerned about me being a little tipsy, and now I'm, you're not. I'm fine. I'm just, you know. <laughs> He's fine, I'm guys. Fine. He's yeah. fine. No. Points. <laughs> and we don't we don't drink for you know stuttering. We, <laughs> we drink for messing up names. <laughs> no. Um, but anyhow. Um, uh, yeah, like like she has her magic in the book. She does not in the show. And um, and so that's really the big difference. There are other differences as well, which is um, the torturing goes on a lot longer in the show. Mm-hmm. We don't see it, but he kidnaps um, um, Yaskir at night. And then we um, 
we it's first daytime, see him. Yeah. Well, we first see him at night when he's in the dark and he, you know, is doing the snaps like you talked about. But then it cuts and it's daytime and Yasker is looking all beat up and, and yeah. bad. And you just know, like, I mean, I don't know. We, we, it's all off camera, but you know, he's been put through the ringer. Um, so. Yeah, it does not take it does not happen over that long of a time in the book. Um, and it's also, you know, plays out differently. Like it like Rience approaches um Yaskir actually very friendly, you know, mm-hmm. like like, oh, I'm a fan and I just want to know about, you know, one of the songs you were singing. And and first of all, he tries to bribe Yaskir for the information. And then when Yaskir refuses to take it, he kind of runs off through like a secret passage. Um, but, um, yeah, at that point, I think he realized Rience was a magician. And mm-hmm. so he casts a spell to stop him. And, um, and Yaskir ends up falling into basically a pigsty. And, and then next we see him, he's been, he's been strung up and yeah, they're torturing him a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, now Yennefer, Yennefer shows up, she has her magic. She um, uses it against. Uh, there's also more people. Rience has yeah. some some little minions, and she uses it against them. They both actually die. Um, she ends up killing yeah, them. She and um, and Rience portals out of there, and she shoots um, like a fire spell after him, or and some lightning else spell, or portals something. him. Right? Yeah, like he doesn't yeah. portal himself. Yeah. Now we don't know who that is yet. Ooh, <laughs> mysterious. Mysterious. Um, but yeah, that's that is revealed that he wouldn't have had the ability. Um, to um, to cast that sort of that sort of portal spell in the state that he was in at that time, it must have been someone else. So who it could be, we don't know. But question Yennef- mark? Question mark? Yeah. But Yennefer mentions that. Um, now we do get a little bit of a nice moment between Yennefer and um, Dandelion in the book. Um, it's not. Like like the whole context is different, but she admits that to she him in the book him. that she really likes yeah. him. Yeah, she's quite fond of him and didn't want anything to happen. And w- why she likes him is um, because he was there for Geralt mm-hmm. after Geralt left her. So it shows also she cares about Geralt and, you know, she doesn't want him to be alone. Yasker, um, Dandelion was there for, for him. And so because of that, you know, Yennefer is quite fond of him um and of course then they also in the book admit that they're both um they're both kind of involved with Dijkstra. Yes, yes. So, she has a line about how Dijkstra wants Dandelion to have less prose yeah. in his reports going forward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, well, less verse, more less prose. Less verse, more prose. <laughs> yeah. Stop, stop poeting it up, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Now, I'm going to point to you because you pointed to me, for, but you don't have to drink. <laughs> I'm just going to point. I mean, po- I will. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, a little, little much, but oh, you know, whatever. All right, all right. It's been a day, guys. It's been a day. Mm. I'll drink with you. Um, but um, so yeah, that's kind of largely the the, the differences yeah. between the scene in the the book versus the show. Now I will say something else we touched on earlier is that Istrid and Geralt have a much friendlier, warmer relationship than they do in the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're you're segueing to our other Segway. segment. Um, so um, the other thing is along with um, with this opening scene, which is directly adapted from the books. Um, we d- decided to go back to a story which is in um, the second Witcher um, short story collection, Sword of Destiny. Now, um, this episode does not adapt the story. The story's name is Shard of Ice. Um, and a uh, little behind the scenes, guys, neither Tim nor I are huge fans of the story. No. Well, I didn't no. realize you weren't. I, I, I knew I wasn't. It's a, there's, there's stuff happening and you're kind of like, I don't quite get it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I think the big thing is. Yeah. Um, I don't quite get it. Uh, 
it's just it's it's very depressing depressing i mean i was gonna say props to sapkowski for doing something different with the story than his other witcher short Mm -hmm. stories at the time but it is very different and i think your mileage may vary as to whether you like that or Mm -hmm. not um i didn't care for it but it is a Pivotal story in that it um, establishes Yennefer's relationship with Istrid in the books. Mm-hmm. We don't get any of the stuff in the Bone Cave. Bone Cave. <laughs> bone Cave. None of that happens in the books. Bone Cave. Yeah. No, that's 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 all the show. That's all you Netflix. Um, but um, <laughs> so we don't get that. We don't know that that background that they have. This story is where we kind of get it from, um, and it's largely kind of just talked about in the past like um Geralt is with um with Yennefer in this town who I forget the name of the town but um, it's not important yeah it's not important but he's there with her he doesn't want to be there with her I don't know I guess he wants to be off on the path or just doesn't want to be in this town but she's she needs to be there and she says she has work to do and and he wants to be with her but you find out largely what she's there for is that's where Istrid is. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she's, she's, you know, credit to Yen, man. You're, yeah. you're, you're, you know, you're playing in, in both fields over yeah, here. She's you know? kind of going back and forth between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it sounds like in the same day. You yeah. know? And Istrid's kind of a dick in it. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe compared to Istrid on the show. Yeah. But I don't know. Like he, he's very just like, oh yes, we. I know you witchers can't feel emotions. That's da, 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 yeah. Da. I guess there are times he's kind of a dick, but I don't know. There were other moments between him and Geralt in the story that I liked, like when they both basically decide to. Well, well, all right. So I'm not going to recap this whole story because, I, to be honest, I don't understand all of it. There, like, Yennefer's created this this um, a kestrel, this black kestrel. Yeah which like represents Istrid. And at some point she creates one to represent Geralt. And the fact that he has, she has a two of them is supposed to be significant. There's also the story, the shard of ice is in reference to the story. Is it the ice queen? Is that the, I think so. Is that the name of it? Where it's like, you know, um, um, this queen creates these shards of ice and they, you know, like could, could be um, the shards get into like, you know, um, a prince's eye and cause mm-hmm. them to be in love with her or something. I think that's a, like, it's, it's of the tradition of the witcher adapting sort of known fairy tales. Fairy yeah. tales. And I'll be, I'll be honest with you guys. Um, this is not a fairy tale I know as well. The Snow Queen, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's one that got adapted to Frozen, but Disney changed the fuck out of that. There's yeah. nothing similar. Yeah. There's ice in it. That's yeah. like the similarity yeah. with Frozen. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so anyhow, it's just not one I know as well. I remember it's one when I heard it kind of scared me because I didn't like the idea of this like ice getting into my yeah. eye and making me like, you know, affect how I felt about things mm-hmm. or saw things. Um, but anyhow, it, it, it's it's adapting that story, but not literally. There's no like Snow Queen who's actually doing this. It's right. more like they're using this metaphorically to describe how they feel towards Yennefer. So I don't know if Yennefer is supposed to be, I don't know. I, I'll admit, I don't get I, yeah, this. Yeah, I admit it too. Yeah. I didn't get it. I was yeah. reading it and I'm like, I feel like I'm missing some context here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are listeners out there that are like, you guys are idiots. But, um, <laughs> that's fair. That's, yeah. But it's just not my favorite story. But there were moments like, like at one point, um, 
um, Istrid and, and Geralt, like they confront each other, um, and, you know, and kind of, kind of do the stuff that they don't do in the episode where it's like, they're, yeah. they're kind of, you know, being like stupid, you know, like alpha males and mm-hmm. like, oh, she's mine. She's mine. Yeah. Um, like they both are like laying claim to her and she doesn't seem to want to pick one or over right. the other. And so at one point they decide they can't share her and they're going to fight. And I will say, I do like the scene where they just decide that because it's just kind of mm-hmm. like neither of them realize it's like, she's not going to be happy with it. Like she's just going to be angry at yeah. whoever is the victor. And they both realize that. And they both like, you know, it's just kind of like they both realize they're just like helpless to, to, to do otherwise. And they kind of bond over their shared sort of state in that. Yeah. And I kind of at least like that moment, but you know, yeah, they don't end up fighting. Um, like basically she picks Geralt and um and Istrid like he wants to fight because basically he wants Geralt to kill him because, mm. you know, he's basically it's going to be suicide by Geralt and Geralt refuses to do that. And that's kind of, you know, where this whole thing, how this whole thing shakes out. You know, there's other things. There's this weird character named Cicada, Cicada, Cicada I don't know how you pronounce that, who, um, who's this. I don't know how to pronounce it, dude. I'm not going to drink over not knowing because I think it's pronounced both, right? I think this is also. Uh, I mean, I say Cicada, yeah, so I can't help you with that. I, would, I say Cicada. I think it's another prayer prowling thing. Oh no. You know, so I'm not going to drink over that, <laughs> but, um, but you know, it's this guy who, um, who's just, you know, this stupid, you know, mercenary guy who wants to fight Geralt. It's not important. The point is it is the one, the closest moment we get in the books to what we see in this episode between Istrid and Geralt. And it is very different. Yeah. Um, and I frankly like the show better. I do too. Yeah. I like that they have a much more amicable yeah. relationship and, and it feels more adult and it yeah. feels more mature and sophisticated agree and um and you know i like the fact that they both kind of realize they have they they both love the same woman mm-hmm. and they don't have to fucking be you know stupid dude bros dude about, bros about, it. about yeah. it yeah yeah you know it's refreshing and um and i appreciate that and um and so yeah i I don't mind at all that the show goes totally off the path and didn't adapt the story as it's written. I'm not even sure if this story informed what they were doing here, but it's the closest one to, um, to what we're seeing here. So, you know, I think it was worth kind of covering. In this yeah, section. I concur. Like I, I much appreciate them in the Netflix series and how they, they, there's a little tiny bit of posturing, but not mm-hmm. so much that it's annoying. Yeah, <laughs> so, for sure. Cheers to you, Netflix. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now I had, I have a number. You have a number. There's one that might have been. I feel like there's one that doesn't count, but maybe. So our numbers might not be the same. But let's see. Are you ready? Are we gonna do it? Let's do it. Okay. Right. Hey, how many? Five. Five. Yeah. Woo-hoo! Yeah. There yeah. was one that was like a sigh, but yeah. there was. I, I get what I think. I know what you mean. There was mm-hmm. one that the subtitles didn't read as a hmm, but it was yes. totally a hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, no, there, there were five. So I All feel right. good about this number. Yes, I got five. There were a lot, this, especially because like last episode, there weren't nearly. Yeah, that, so. Yeah, well, I, here's the thing. I think when Geralt gets uncomfortable, he hums mm. more. And he was, you know, I think, you know, these scenes with Istrid, he was yeah. a little, he was a little off his, his. Off his know, game. Yeah, off his New game. person. Yeah, it's just, you know. History with his ex-girlfriend. Yeah, not, not feeling his usual bold self. So there's a little more uncertainty and a little more humming as a result. Hmm. Hmm. Excellent. 
That's an interesting point. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I like that you're humming yourself. I just wanted to you're say. like, mm. my point was interesting. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's time for the next segment. But before we get oh, to no. that segment. What's happening? The segment of surprise has been called. Surprise has been called? What? Yes. Oh, I, no. I have a surprise segment for surprise us. Surprise segment. It'll, it'll be another short one. Okay. Um, but. I'm so excited. I have finished all the Witcher books. Oh, my God. I finished the the, You're the last so one. Far ahead of me. I finished the Lady of the Lake. Yay! Um, congratulations. It's yes, a long book. Yes, it's a long book. It's the longest of the series. Um, now I'm I'm obviously not going to spoil things for both you and for our listeners. Um, so I am going to keep things a little vague, but I do okay. have a few things to say. Um, one of which is I did text you as I was reading this book at one point, and I told you. I don't know what I think about this book. Yes. I think I kind of hate it. Um, <laughs> and I did at the time. I yeah. was about halfway through the book at that point. And I did. I don't hate the book, though. Um, I think it really kind of comes around in the end. And um, and I think it's a good ending. Now, I won't say it's my favorite book of the series. Um, I don't think it is. Um, I would have to think about which one it is. Maybe... Um, Maybe book three, the one you're about to start, or maybe mm. book four. Um, but it is it is good. Um, it is a it is a good book. It is a good ending. But because it's longer, it takes some time mm -hmm. to get to it. Um, and so you know, yeah, I like I said, I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm not going to give anything away. Um, I will say the title is an interesting one to me mm. um, because it has a little bit of a double meaning there. You'll see okay. when you get to it. Um, like. I'll say one thing and keep this vague. I really wish Sapkowski would would not feel the need to introduce new characters at this point in the story. <laughs> the last book. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of that that happens in this book. And that's what was driving a lot of that sentiment early on. Um, I don't think it's all necessary. Like, basically, it feels like it was one of those cases where it's like, at this point, this series was so successful. Mm -hmm. He was so, like, I don't know if he was using an editor in prior books. And then with this book, you know, didn't, I don't know. But it kind of feels a little bit mm -hmm. like that at times. Um, but I did have some interesting thoughts, which this won't be a spoiler, but just something that I couldn't help thinking of, which was um, reading this book and realizing Andrzej Sapkowski is a Polish um, writer. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, I'm not going to turn this to current events, but I mean, obviously, you know, they're informing kind of where I'm thinking of, I've been thinking about how people in Eastern Europe, um, and in both like countries that were part of the Soviet bloc or also just kind of under its influence, um, have basically view history. Like, like, I, like they clearly view, um, current events maybe differently than mm -hmm. people who are not in that region do. Like they, they definitely look at Russia differently. And, but just, I think they look at, you know, they have a perspective on kind of history and just things like war and conflict that is, um, different than those of us in the West might see things. And mm -hmm. I think that's very much present in this series. Um, just the kind of ideas and outlooks on war and kind of the futility of it and, and really just looking at, um, um, just, you know, what happens after a war is quote unquote one. Mm. And I think that's very much in this book, um, this final book, I think it's very much in this series. And I think it is, um, 
entirely um, there because of um, you know where this this series was birthed, who um, Andrzej Sapkowski is, where he's from, what his experiences were in his life, and that's fascinating as someone who grew up in the West and um, and is not did not have those same sort of life experiences. Right. And I think I think we sometimes lose sight of this because we're used to kind of more traditional fantasy stories that were not told from that perspective. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I mean, I'm obviously not as far as you are in the series. Just the stuff with the other races and how people are being treated as others. Yeah. You know, there's like, that's very prevalent in the mm-hmm. series. And yeah. I, that's stuff that I'm picking up on, even though I'm not all the way through it yet. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. There's, there's a lot of that. I mean, it's all throughout the series, but I think, I think this final book really hammered it home for me. Yeah. And, um, and I actually loved the ending, like the, the, the final third of the book fucking knocked it out of the park as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, so I, I enjoyed it. I have some criticisms and when you get to this book and we get to these later things, we're talking a while from now, guys, um, um, we'll have some conversations about them. Um, I look forward to those, but for right now, um, that's about what I'll say. Like, I think it's, um, it's. It's a it's a wonderfully different type of ending for a series like mm. this. And maybe it took me a little time to appreciate it getting into this last book, but I eventually got there. And um and yeah, I uh, like few criticisms here and there, but overall, um I was I you know, I I'm very very pleased with how the whole thing just wraps up. It's beautifully it's a beautiful end um and i'm really curious to see how the show adapts yeah. the story in general um like there's so many things and i won't go into them but so many things that i'm like oh maybe i see why they're do- they made this choice here thinking long game mm-hmm. you know um and um you know and i think i think i think it could end up being really cool so. Did you um, do audio or did you physically read? Yeah, no, time? I you I did audio. I do the audio books. Yeah. So, and then when we um, we reread sections to discuss them, I read them mm-hmm. in the actual books. So, um, so I'm sure eventually I'll read a lot of this as the book. But this was nice. this was all done in you know via audio. I've already complained about the whole <laughs> Nimu Nimue thing, you know. <laughs> but that's not that's not Sapkowski's doing. That's not that's not even my doing, Sean. Don't point. <laughs> Don't Sean's point at me. <laughs> I'm not the one who screwed up that. That's all. <laughs> Let's get the reader of the book, the audiobooks here and make him drink. You know? <laughs> the Crossroads of Destiny. The Crossroads of Destiny. Things we want to talk about that we're hopeful for in future seasons. Now, now this one was your idea. so I'm It was my idea. Well, I want to talk about relationships. This is an episode where we see a lot of interesting team-ups that we haven't seen before. So we have like Gerald Nistrid. We have Yennefer and Yaskier. So what are some future team-ups that you're hoping for, Tim? I mean, I kind of want all the team-ups. I don't know. All the team-ups all the time. Like, like, I mean, is that what we're like? I was thinking in terms of like, like what are more what are team-ups I want to see more? And like coming out of this one, I certainly want to see more Yaskier Yen. A hundred percent. Like, like I, I want to see them so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like I feel like I mean, I looking at the end of like looking ahead, looking to the end of the season, like things don't necessarily end on the best note between mm-hmm. Geralt and um, Yennefer, but like 
Yennefer and Yaskir, I think, are kind of on better ground. Yeah, they genuinely seem to like each other. And there's, uh, again, we're getting ahead of ourselves. But yeah. there's like cute little moments, even yeah. in the final episode with yeah. Yennefer and Yaskir. And they're they're in the same place. Yeah. So very likely we possibly could. I mean, there's no basis really for that in the books, but who knows what the show might do. Right. So I certainly want to see the two of them together. Um, like that's definitely one, you know, partnership I want to see more of. Um then obviously Frin Fran. Frin Fran. Because I like seeing Frin Fran. But I, you don't know what's going to happen, like the way this is left off right. at the end of this season. Um, now, now the books tell us if the Lodge is going to come together, Frin Fran is going to exist in some shape, way, shape, or form. Um, but um, but yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, I have others, but like, like you tell me a few that you're looking forward to. I mean, anyone with anyone, really. Just yeah, to see, to see. You want to like, see all the relationships, Yeah, too. getting to this, see new mashups this season has been really exciting because it's been a very isolated... Season one, it was a very isolated group of people where you didn't really see the timelines mix so much. And now that everyone's on the same timeline, mm-hmm. I would love to see Askir interact with more of the Witchers. I would love to see Geralt interact with more of the Sorceresses, you know? Yeah. I think there's a lot of interesting potential out there. Yeah. Well, and then also Siri and Yen, we know yes, that's a relationship. we know that's coming. Yeah, and um, we get a bit of that this season in, in future episodes that we haven't gotten to yet. But um, but like, I definitely want more. Like she she's only just started training Siri at the end of this, and we know she she teaches Siri a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like Siri calls her mom. She's yeah. like her mom. You know, I don't think I don't think. At where we leave things, we're at not the end there of, yet in yeah, the show. Yeah. yeah, I don't think we do. So we we need to get there, you know. Mm-hmm. So I I definitely am looking forward to um, to seeing more of that. Um, so yeah, certainly certainly that's that's high up there. for You me. know what else I'm excited to see? And like I'm not as far as in the books as you are, so I don't know if this happens or not. But I'm interested in seeing the relationship between Siri and uh, let's say the Emperor of Nilfgaard. Oh. Wink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's going on there? I would like to see more of that. Yeah. Well, like, let's be real, guys. If you're listening to this podcast, you like know what I'm talking about. But yeah. Well, I mean, th- that begs a question, which is when Siri's going to realize that. We yeah. know that now we as, know, yeah. as the audience. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's it. this isn't a spoiler, I don't think, for me to say that that's not revealed till the end of the the, right, the, the, the books, book series. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how the the show writers are going to, you know, choose to, uh, you know, address that if they're going to maybe bring that into play earlier in the story, or um, or if it's going to be, you know, known to us but not known to Geralt and Siri and and Yennefer until later. I mean, there's so many other relationships. Like I know you have gotten as far as to to reading about the rats, mm-hmm. you know, Siri with the rats. Yeah. yeah. Like, like Her little I don't, gang of, yeah, yeah. I don't know how much teenagers. Yeah. Like I'm really, I really want to see that. Like I want to see like that whole, you know, sort of like this, this plays out of like, you know, we talked in a previous episode where you mentioned like the party at the, that the, the sorcerer says, yeah. Part. And then this all comes on the heels of that. Those are relationships I really want to see. Like, you know, these relationships Siri has um, outside of, you know, the core trinity of her, you know, Geralt and Yennefer. Um, so certainly more of that. I mean, I would have loved to have said, you know, more Siri and Triss, but I don't think we're getting that. No. You know? Yeah, <laughs> this does not. Triss later out of there. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think we're getting much more Siri and... Um, other witchers like yeah. you know we got what we were going to get of that but um 
but you know certainly the relationship with these new characters the rats i'd like to see um you know and then you know me i'm kind of holding out hope that we get shawnee and we get that mm-hmm. scene you know in oxenfurt with Geralt, shawnee and deekstra um and philippa yeah you know which we might because that that i feel like that thread is not fully unraveled yet. yeah we get to see like they set it up for De- i mean we're jumping way ahead here but they set it up with deekstra and yaskier so yeah. there's gonna be oh, yeah. some of that coming yeah. up yeah yeah um, that's not necessarily going to be the warmest relationship, no. but it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. It'll be fun. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. There's a lot of relationships. That's why I say it. it's like all the relationships, but I think if we want to get down to just kind of the juicy stuff, mm-hmm. let's see, let's see some Yen and Yaskir. Like, I mean, I don't really want to see full on Yen and Yaskir like go. O-T-3. Yeah. I mean, like Thruple I'm down for. Thruple. But I don't think I want to like see Yen and Yaskir hook up because I don't want to see that like drama between them and Geralt. But like. I do think they'd be kind of oh, good you, together. fuck you, Geralt. You had your chance. Yeah, I do think they'd be kind of good <laughs> together. You know, I do think- um, They'd be fun. I do think they'd have fun. I think like he'd, he'd, he'd write some amazing ballads about mm-hmm. her, you know, and her beauty and, you know, her, her you know, enchanting um, aura. It would be it would The fact that she's terrifying. <laughs> Does he still, is he still terrified of her? I think so. You think I think so? definitely. But oh. that's part of the allure, Tim. Yeah. That's part of the allure. Yeah, there is there is something about danger that is alluring. Um, no, I don't know. You know, I do. Yeah, I do kind of feel like, Gerald, I don't know what's going on. You guys are supposed to be like the love of each other's lives, but you sure don't seem it right now. So yeah, for sure. May as well, you know, get your kicks where you can. And right now... Um, I'm seeing more chemistry between Yasker and Yen than I am. 100%. 100%. <laughs> Welcome to Team Ship, Tim. Yeah. Yeah. They both have kind of been burned by Geralt. Yeah. So, you know, why don't they just like fucking get shit-faced? It's and, like the enemy know, of my enemy situation. Uh, the ex of my ex. <laughs> uh, they just need to get drunk and just like, you know, get all that aggression out in some crazy torrid night. And I want to fucking see it. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> no, 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 no. No fade to black. Yeah, fade to black, like a little like, you know. Like like graceful sort of thing. No, I want full on this crazy <laughs> wild animal sex between these two. And God damn it, that's where yeah, that's uh, where we're ending the that's segment. That's where we're ending it. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> but, but you want it anyway. I want it. That's Welcome my, to shipping, that's Tim. My, that's ninety nine percent of shipping right there. Yeah, that's my. It's never going to happen. But damn, do I want it to oh. happen? On to our final section. We're going to make a toast here, as we do at the end of these episodes. Um, so. First of all, I want to thank Stark Spirits. And thank you, Stark. Yeah, I want us both to raise our glasses of this peated single malt whiskey from Stark. Thank you very much, guys. Um, and so for this episode's toast, I actually want to look back at something that you touched on. Ooh. Um, I kind of maybe moved you away from it because I'm like, you're still in my thunder, um, Valerie. And, you know, I'm going to I use mean, this that later. is my way. Yeah. But, um, you know, I did notice that moment um, between Frangilla and Francesca mm-hmm. um, when, um, when yeah, they have a sweet little sort of exchange. And so I'm going to kind of borrow from that, paraphrase from that, and um, kind of quote a bit of it where, like you said, um, I think it's um, Francesca that says this, I've had leaders, followers, but I've never had a partner before. And like Frangilla says, it's not terrible. So- to you, oh. <laughs> Valerie, I've never had a partner Aww. before, but I have one in this podcast, and um, 
it is absolutely not terrible. Aww, so cheers. Thank you. Cheers to being not terrible, guys. <laughs> it's it's the opposite of terrible. It You're is making me feel human emotions, Tim, and um, I'm not sure what to do with them. But thank you so much. Of course. Cheers to you. Cheers. Well, that's it, guys. That's it, guys. <laughs> um, we've had a lot of this dark, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I think you've drank the bulk of it. But, I mean, I, you know, I've certainly had a good share. It's a good whiskey. You yeah. Know? We're not... You know, I'm not, I have no, I have, I have no regrets. <laughs> we'll see how I feel tomorrow. But Hashtag right now, no regrets. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but thank you. This has been a lot of fun. Um, thanks for joining us guys. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we will see you in our next episode. Cheers. Cheers. Whiskey with Witcher is a malcontent media production by Tim Beadle and Valerie Petrarca. Our producer is Sean Farina. For updates, pics, and behind-the-scenes shenanigans, follow us on Twitter at WhiskeyWitcher and on Instagram at WhiskeyWithWitcher. Want to express your undying love for Roach or recommend a good whiskey? Email us at WhiskeyWithWitcher at Malcontent.media. Who knows, we might even get drunk enough to read your email in a future podcast. If you like what you've heard, toss us a proverbial coin by rating and reviewing this show on Apple Podcasts and subscribing wherever podcasts are downloaded. Cheers! Okay, it's time for our final section. Or start it over again. I didn't technically mess that up. I just don't like that. I don't know what's. Uh. <laughs>